Life is full of ifs. But if you want to cash flow like a pro and get paid up to two days early, safeguard against surprises and supercharge your savings, Regions Life Banking makes it possible. Regions Bank embrace the if in life. Regions Bank, member FDIC. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Gas South Convention Center in Duluth, Georgia, it's time for Gwinnett Business Radio. Gwinnett Business Radio is presented by Regions Bank, Brave the Beginning, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. And greetings and salutations, everyone listening to Gwinnett Business Radio here on Business Radio X. I am your slightly annoying host, Stephen Julian. Sitting beside me is the incomparable co-host, Harper LaBelle. That mean you can't understand me? Is that what incomparable means? No, that would means? be incomprehensible. That's probably me too. Don't ask me to spell it. Hey, how selfish is Mike to have his lead when he's producing the show? He yeah. could he could have gone with Amanda or Ben or I, Have you done one? Have you done one I've of the leads? I've not done one. I've they, they've never asked me to really? do any voiceover work because for I would give you so X. much heat if we did. I one would of love yours. to try it, but they've told me that my uh, that my skill is voice? my natural voice and natural speaking rather than Mike's broadcaster voice, which comes through clearly in the introduction. Okay. So. Uh, welcome to Gwinnett Business Radio. We've got two wonderful guests, uh, Ben Armstrong from Netherworld Haunted Houses here and Matt Mock from Connecta EV and Nexstar Technologies. They will be coming to us live in the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios inside the Gas South Convention Center here in Duluth, Georgia. Harper, let's get to it. Let's get going. Absolutely. Ben Armstrong from Netherworld Haunted Houses here yet again because it's haunting season again. Ben, welcome to the studio. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, always exciting to talk about haunted houses and escape games this time of year. Absolutely. Uh, Netherworld has been a staple uh, in the Atlanta area since 1997, and we are definitely going to talk about the haunted house because it's coming around to that time, and and you guys are going to be opening soon as we're uh, recording this in August of 2023. But there's a brand new development that we want to make sure and cover right up front because Netherworld has grown and has a new concept or a new part of the Netherworld experience called the Netherworld Escape Room. Talk about that real quick. So we've been doing escape rooms for a number of years, and the thing about our escape rooms is that they're they're very deeply themed, but they have a horror component. So we've recently added a new escape game called Alien Terror doom of the dark horizon so any trope about scary stuff in space it's going to happen there you're about to be pulled into a black hole there's some kind of alien rampaging on the ship uh the computers are malfunctioning the oxygen is running out so it gets pretty intense now the so the escape rooms have been around for a while but you've changed the theme or is there more than one escape room or is it that you change the theme of the escape room that you guys have we actually have five okay. escape games we have Sasquatch, which is a Bigfoot theme. People love that. It's in the deep woods, and Bigfoot is trying to get in. The electric fence is failing. We have Nosferatu that's set in uh, 1890s England, and we have Haunted that's sort of a ghost lab. You go to a funeral of your uncle, and he's got this creature imprisoned. And then on the lighter side, we have 
Tiki Island, but it's actually called uh, Curse of the Shark God. So uh, that's, this, that's lighter. That's right. Well, it just starts off in a you know lovely morning in Hawaii, but then the storm begins to rage as the shark god's trying to push your tiki hut into the ocean so he can devour you. So yeah, there's a little, it gets tense there. A little, ha- little uh, haunted element or horror element to everything. So, uh, and and so we're going to let everybody tease that because we're, we definitely want to talk about uh, Netherworld, the experience of the haunted house experience. We're getting into that. But just know that if you're listening to this and it's not the fall uh, time, there are things at Netherworld. The escape rooms are, are certainly available. But we came here today because it is time again to launch Netherworld for 2023. Oh, Mr. Salmond, our producer, has created... A sound effect just for you, Ben. It sounds like home. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ben got very, he got even more comfortable. Yeah. So yes. for, for those people who've never been to Netherworld, and uh, t- I was going to make a comment about being able to see it, because if you, in the past, if you drove up 85, you always saw it every year. Right. But uh, for those people who haven't yet been to Netherworld, give everybody a, a, a just an overview. Give us a 50,000-foot view of what the Netherworld experience is. So Netherworld is a walk-through dark attraction. It's a haunted house. So when customers come, they go through these experiences. It's filled with amazing sets, special effects, actors, animatronics. It will absolutely blow your mind. There's so much to look at, so much to experience. There's things coming at you from every single direction. We have two large haunted attractions. This year, the big one is called Primordial. It's a theme of elementals. So we have sections of water, of earth, of ice. And then our second show is called Cryptid Chaos. So you have all the cryptids that have escaped in this facility. We also have an extensive midway with all kinds of different delicious food choices. It's Halloween there. There's pumpkins. There's music. It's a great place to gather. And, of course, we have our five escape games there as well and a monster museum called the House of Creeps. So it's an entire evening's entertainment. Wow. Now, Netherworld has been going on, like I said, since 1997. You've been involved with it from the very beginning. So why don't you kind of take us back and and just kind of talk about how Netherworld came to be? It's really interesting. I mean, uh, I met my business partner, Billy Messina, working on other haunted attractions back long ago. And uh, we got together a team of really talented artists and craftsmen, and we created the first Netherworld. And we thought, this is going to be huge. It took a while to grow. <laughs> so, uh, But over these long years, Netherworld's continued to grow, to build a huge following. And now it's become a tradition in the Atlanta area. And people travel to see Netherworld from all over the country. Uh, we just get these haunt experts. They come from everywhere. And uh, it's just a great experience. And one of the biggest things that's really happened post-COVID is we've introduced timed ticketing. And one of the challenges of a haunted attraction was you know, the the desire for people to go is like on a spike. You know, in the beginning, not a lot of people come. Towards the end, everyone wants to come all at once on the same days and the same hours. But now with time ticketing, we're able to spread that out. And it's a much better guest experience. Because in the past, you know, you say you're driving by and you see the massive crowds in Norcross. Now it's much more regulated. So we're able to just, we sell out on the busiest nights. We're able to you know, spread it out a lot better so it really works better for everybody. Talk a little bit about the innovation to have something different 
from what it was in 1997 when you first started and the challenge of always thinking of something new or something enhanced, I guess you'd say, but yet still t keep it in the same type of theme? Are you taking advantage of science and things that are being learned in the, in the nether world and applying that to, to your shows? Absolutely. I think it's one of the, you'll often wonder why do you succeed at a thing? And you know, you do a thousand things and maybe only 20 of them actually work. But uh, one of the things we've always done is change. Every year we have new themes, new characters, new experiences. I liken it to being a sequel to a movie. You always want to have the essence of what it was that people liked about the original, but you have to add new elements to it to draw that new crowd. Something exciting. It excites the artist. It excites the crew to create. And people don't want to miss it because they know... It's like Universal Studios. They have multiple different haunts every year, and they change them. So we, we're constantly changing things at Netherworld, and it's a story that evolves. It continues to move forward. It's sort of like, you know, it's an entire universe of characters that have been developed for a very long time. Some of the classic icon characters stay around. Some come back and return. You know, there's always new ones that, that come back, but it's, it's great to create the new ones. I would imagine that... A, a, a pat on the back for you would be somebody who's come for on numerous occasions over the years or another person who says, I've been to different uh, nether worlds in, in or haunted houses, but this one was awesome. This year was great. I mean, is that something that you find that your ability to listen to what other people's ideas are and to be able to apply those uh, really comes to fruition and, and is rewarding because everybody that comes says this is a, this is a great ad. They really... Some there's a lot of the the mega fans and they come back every year and it's always funny because it's a mixed feeling they come back and they go like wow this year is so much better than last year and I'm like thank you and I'm like what was wrong with last year you know what's going on here yeah. but but there's kind of a little uh, thing I like to apply it's called give them what they want and give them what you want so what that means is you want to give the people the stuff they want in a haunted house. You want the entertainment. You want the scares. You want their tradition. But give them what you want is you have to come up with stuff that people have never seen before, that are unique. And that's what's great in a place like Netherworld. What we do is we create memories. Groups go in there, and they have this experience, and they come out, and they're like, did you see that? No, I didn't. I saw that. This happened to me. I mean, you're looking around. It's in 360. The monsters are coming at you from every direction. And... You get out of there and you're like, you, you can talk about it for this long time. It's also the anticipation. You know, people decide, we're going to go there next week. And then they start thinking about, it. oh, yeah, I'm going there. And they're getting in the car and they're driving. It's like going on a roller coaster, like click, 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 click. Like you're going up that, you know, you're getting that anticipation. And so the whole bit going there, having the experience, all the emotions, all the excitement, all the fun, and then leaving and, wow, this happened. And uh, that, that's what we try to do. You, you mentioned your business partner. W when did this idea, uh, the seed of this, uh, you, you started in 97, but was it way back from when you were a young kid growing up in Florida? I mean, when, when did you start to envision this and say, I really, really think that this is going to be my passion? Even as a child, I always liked spooky stuff. And my family would do the Halloween carnival in, in elementary school. So that was a big part of what I always liked to do. Um, but 
I actually ended up in broadcasting for 18 years. That was my career in Uh-oh. television. Steven, we're in trouble. He's, he's well, he's, yeah, uh, you know, behind the scenes more so. <laughs> but I was a, a late night horror show host in Tallahassee, Florida. And when I was doing that, I was producing the local muscu- muscular dystrophy telethon as well. So I, as a fundraiser, I started doing a haunted house. And I did it for three years while I was there. And I really got a taste of all of that fun, you know, and it, it kind of got, got in my blood, you know, and so when I moved to Atlanta, because of course you jump markets and media, um, I came here, I found that haunted houses are actually a business, and I worked for one that was professional, and I learned, you mean this thing can actually be, make money and stuff? This sounds like a real fun career. So we started working at it, and I met my business partner and a lot of the folks uh, who work with us uh, working at the other attraction, and then when that attraction didn't open one year, we're like, Let's do our own. We're speaking with uh, Ben Armstrong. He is the co-creator and co-owner of Netherworld Haunted House. I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned Norcross, that for, for longtime residents of Atlanta, they remember going up 85 North, you could always look to the right, and there was that nice entrance to go behind the warehouse into the Netherworld. But you recently, uh, it, Netherworld has moved, and it's given you the opportunity to do these escape rooms and other things. So... What factored into your decision to buy property and to actually plant roots and, and kind of make it uh, uh, forever a uh, decision to go to Stone Mountain? Uh, you know, talk a little bit about that business decision. Well, that I think that's what it is. It's the evolution of a business. Um, it, for long years, we were just scratching by, and then we became successful. And then it's like, we should really buy a building. It would be a good idea to do. But we're like, why, why shake things up, you know? Things are good. We'll just keep going. So we probably stayed there a lot longer than we should have. Also, where it was located on 85 was great. We were so entrenched in the community there, and everyone knew where we were. But ultimately, the building was sold, and the new owner had different plans. We had a, a number of years on a lease, but we like, we need to look for a place. So it was quite a search to find the exact correct property to, to get through all of the permitting and stuff that, you know, but we finally did that, and since we've moved, it's been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Particularly, we moved at a great time. You know, of course, now what property is worth is is insane. It would have been very difficult, say, to move now right. than it was back then. But uh, no, it's been been amazing because we we've got ten acres of land. We have a much bigger facility. It's a much better. Everything about it is better, with the one exception of being right on eighty five. Right. But since we had such built up such a huge fan base right. um you know people came back to it, us. it was the right time and and you guys had built up enough of, of a fan base they're going to find you right, right? right. And, and so then you do the other things to bring in bring in new people you know it's it's funny uh ben i remember we were talking about the last time you were on the show and and if i remember correctly and our listeners can go back and listen to that episode but i remember last time we talked a little more about the actual experience and and the rules and right and and the people involved in the show i think this time we're and and we can we can certainly talk about that, but I think this is a little bit more about the actual running of the business as well as the experience. And and you're kind of talking about the guest experience and you're talking about the time ticketing. And, and I think it's, it's interesting that, you know, kind of, I guess here's this netherworld that people think of a haunted house experience or a haunted experience, 
but really it's it's like any other business. You got to run it well. There are business lessons that apply whether we're talking about building cabinets in someone's house or scaring someone to a point of enjoyment and and a memory. So what kind of business lessons have you learned uh, over your tenure that you just kind of want to share with our audience that might be running a completely different business? And a lot of other businesses are completely different than putting on a haunted experience. Wow, there's so many things that you you, you learn over the years. Uh, One of them is always build a really good team and focus on your employees. Uh, You want to focus on your employees and on your customers. That is critical. Uh, nothing, Nothing is more important than human beings. And it's one of the most difficult things to do, dealing with people, obviously, of all sorts. Also, uh, you Are know... Are zombies easier to deal with? You know, if only they were actually zombies. Yeah. Well, t- on that note, we have hundreds of animatronic, which are these giant monsters and, and zombies and things that move. You step on a mat and they'll activate See, they do exactly you. what... Yeah, they're But great. then they require... They, they don't... They break, you know. They have right. they have issues yeah. too. So they need oiling every now and then. Oh my you gosh! Gotta, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a huge amount of upkeep on all that kind of stuff. But it's the people. I think that's that's the biggest part. It's trying to. Um, I tell other haunters all the time, like people who want to start. This, we have, there's an entire industry, mm-hmm. and we have massive conventions, and we meet. And I always tell them, like, if you don't have something unique to bring to the table in this industry. Or you're not, or you're working in an underserved market. Your chances of success are very small because I think that's what it is. People want either innovation, something that is new, something that excites them, or you have to go into a market of something that okay, there's a basic need that people want, and the area is underserved. Mm-hmm. Would there be a uh, a market? You mentioned the employees and all that. Let's say I have a small or medium sized company, and I'm wanting to do a, a, a fun night out. Tell us what you would have to offer, because I think there's different things that you could do with the different rooms in the escape. But uh, talk a little bit about that experience and how easy it would be for you to be able to accommodate. Absolutely. I mean, we do a lot of uh, group sales and stuff for the haunted house. Uh, We do that all the time. For the escape games, we have party packages. We have a party room where you can do all that stuff, too. Uh, A lot of people now will book an escape game. And they'll also then attend the attraction. So you, it really can be a full night. Uh, but we're happy to accommodate. It's a lot easier to uh, do those kind of escape game-based packages in the off-season when it's not quite so busy because the escape games get extremely busy during the, mm-hmm. the uh, Halloween season. So I think we've wet everybody's appetite enough. It's time to kind of close this part of the show and close your uh, entertaining interview by telling everybody if they want to be a part of Netherworld, especially this haunting season, when does it open? How do people, you know, how do people f- get tickets? And I love that you, uh, cause I have, I've, of course I always think about the main haunting experience, but to turn it into an entire night to do something, to go to the museum as well as possibly get into an escape room. So where does everybody go? What do they need to do? Give us the instructions that we can follow so we can have a fantastic haunting experience. So our website is fearworld.com, but I mean, all you got to do is type Netherworld in and it'll lead you straight to, from any source, any sorts of media will drive you to our, our ticketing page, pick out the dates you want, line up your friends, set your time tickets. Um, just come a little early. You can park. We we control all those lots. There's no fee to park, so it's great. Uh, and with, then in you go. With the time ticketing, is it different prices depending on when you go? I would assume there might be some premium days. Am That's I, right. Yeah. That's right. So uh, the 
the earlier days when there's not a lot of mm-hmm. demand, the tickets are a little less expensive. On, on the busier nights, they're more expensive. The way time ticketing works, you have an hour block when you enter our primary queue line. Generally, you have to wait about 30 minutes when you enter that to get in. Okay. If you want to go straight in, we have speed pass tickets. Let's say it's a last-minute decision. There's generally speed pass tickets available for most slots unless it's a total sellout. You could just walk right up, book a speed pass, and walk right in. Just like a good business lesson, you know, different prices for different budgets and different experiences. So fearworld.com, Netherworld Haunted House. Ben Armstrong, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Harper, before we get to our second interview, I do want to... See, you should have had that plan during the entire interview, Mike. If I may make a production note, if I may speak to the producer. And I figured that would drive you all crazy if I'd had this going the whole time. Well, I know Ben would have been able uh, to handle it. Right now we're testing audio, so it sounds like every day of yeah. my life right now. <laughs> There's a lot he more screams and monster thought, howls, but yes. Yeah. I thought it'd be funnier if I did it while you're doing your commercial Fantastic. Yeah. So, because they are such a wonderful supporter... And uh, this show is brought to you by Regions Bank. We all know that keeping your company's financial future on track means having the right resources to support your growth. Regions Commercial Banking is not going to scare you. Instead, they offer you lending capabilities and strategic solutions tailored to your needs. They're not going to destroy your company. They're going to work with, you're going to work with a team of experienced bankers here in Gwinnett. Discover steps to take that can help move you closer to your business goals. Regions is here to help. To learn more, visit regions.com forward slash commercial dash banking. Regions Bank. Member. F-D-I-C. Yeah, not bad. I'm sorry. I'm 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 you know patting how, myself you know the, on the Mike, back. Mike didn't get this uh, from Georgia. You know how this is like another nether world that he got the sound because there's no cicada bugs. There's just nothing like. <laughs> there's none, none of that. those. All right, we go from being haunted and being scared to the next wave of technology. We're happy to welcome Matt Mock from Connecta EV and Nexstar Technologies. Matt, welcome to the studio. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. All right. Don't scare us, okay? That's that's I'll our try. that's our one question. <laughs> so uh, Nexstar Technologies and Connecta EV. You say EV. That's a buzzword. That's a hot word. Everybody's got their opinions on that. Talk about what you guys do in that industry. Sure. So, yeah, we've been uh, involved with ChargePoint now for about a year, year and a half, and uh, we do everything from soup to nuts. So we can do full installs, full turnkey, uh, but we kind of pivoted after selling our wireless stores, got involved with ChargePoint. Uh, we have two other business partners out of Minnesota, and we're currently in 11 different markets and trying to help out with any electrification needs. And I, and I think it's very important right at the very beginning here to say that you've been involved with EV for a year and a half, but Nexstar Technologies has been around for a while. So talk real quick about your company's history and your involvement with them. Yes, sir. So uh, we started back in 1996. My father started with the first two Nextel stores here in Georgia, and uh, they were PowerTel, AirTouch, all that kind of became the big carriers. And watching how EV is evolving, it is almost like how when the wireless started to evolve. So dad got involved in wireless when it first started. I'm involved with EV when it's getting going. So it's been interesting in watching, you know, there's 25 something different EV companies out there right now. Um, there were several wireless companies when they started back in the late 90s uh, before the smartphone. And so it's uh, interesting to watch the tech trends. And, and I think that they'll continue to consolidate, kind of yeah. like how you have Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. 
you're going to have maybe four or five major players in that EV space. And everyone's trying to figure out where they fit in right now on that. And clearly, you guys have had a history of doing that in a whole other industry, but mm-hmm. around the, but certainly a technological industry. So, so let's let's talk about EVs right now. And you guys, you talk about soup to nuts with EV. And I think a lot of people listening to that go, okay, that's a lot of stuff. I have no idea what goes involved in EV. Mm-hmm. So, talk a little bit about if someone, you know, talk about a sample customer that would come to you. What you guys are doing specifically what soup to nuts looks like. Sure. So one of the things we're seeing is there's a lot of confusion in the market, which, you know, we discussed earlier. Um, someone's dumped something on their desk and say, hey, go get me three quotes for EV. I know this thing is coming, but we need to be ready. And, and this could be like an office building. This could yep. be a, a park. This New could development. be near a park. Yeah. Outside of a Costco, whatever it is. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So one of the things we always start with is, you know, with, you know, this is a product a lot of times people are buying for the first time. So they, they don't know. And so where we come in with our team of experts as well as we have a phenomenal engineering team that we work with at ChargePoint, the first thing we'll do is a site evaluation. Um, if, a, if a site walk is needed, then we'll go on site. But that's important to place where we're going to put those. Where's the breaker panels? How much conduit do we need to have run? Uh, how many stations? You know, I've been to one where they're like, oh, we need 12. I'm like, no, you don't. I'm like, there's, you're not going to, the demand in this area right here at this spot is not there yet. You know, I tell people start small, learn the business, you know, and then you can gradually grow, but that's where we help set people up for growth. And when I say soups and nuts, we have some people that will use their own electricians. We have some people that say, Hey, look, all we need is the stations and we just want to do the rev share. And that's all that we need from you. Or we come in and like I said, we got guys and installers all across the United States for, like I said, we're in 11 different markets. So wherever you need that, we try to give you the full house turnkey, or we're here to help consult and make sure that you're doing the right thing. Matt, you said you've been doing this for a year and a half. You're a cagey old veteran when it comes to that, because there hasn't been this type of technology for more than just a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And it has really changed, hasn't it? I mean, you've seen almost daily, there are things that are, has the standard yet been set to where everybody's going to say, I'm going to produce the same type of product with the same type of characteristics or will a tesla have a different charge than a ford or a a mercedes sure you know one of the things i always say it depends in a lot of different cases oh you're a lawyer you're going to be legally yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, it depends (laughs) good for you so it's well every case is different please yeah and so you know what this development may need versus this one they all have different you know ways or goals they're trying to accomplish and one of the things i always tell people look for the red flags when you're doing this because if anyone tells you they have this thing figured out 100%, they're full of crap. I mean, every day is changing. Every day is evolving. You know, we're getting stronger every day. We're learning every day. Um, but, you know, even the consumers are evolving. You know, this is not – if you go look at a quick trip next time, look how many Teslas or EVs. There's none. Where are they? Where are they going? I mean, that that's the place that people got to understand and think about. 85% of charging is done at home, kind of like your phone. You know, mm-hmm. so these – these top-off stations, I think the fast charger, everyone wants fast chargers, but those are going to be very crucial and impactful. I know we have the Neviat going on in all the states, but that's going to be impactful for that FOMA of what happens when I get three or four hours outside the city right. when I'm trying to go to my family trip in Destin. Hmm. Well, i got to stop in Dothan. Is there a level three charger? You know, With our chargers, there's a wait list you can reserve. So again, the way people travel as this thing continues to evolve, you know, they said the iPhone would fail. You know, look at where it's at now. <laughs> well, you you mentioned that 
you mentioned red flags uh, and you mentioned that if someone talks to someone around your industry that says, oh, I know everything that's going on, that they're crazy. They're, they're full of baloney. So let me just ask for, for our business owners listening, for our, for our people who are involved in this and might need something on their site, might need to get a charging station in their building, near their building, whatever. What are some of the biggest flags right now that maybe you would go, that is such a huge red flag, but somebody who's it's had, it's been dumped on their desk. They're like, I don't even know how to spot a red flag. So what are some of those biggest red flags right now in the industry as you see it? Yeah. And so back to the point of the, you saying the dumping on the desk, it's, they may not know anything about EV. They may hate EV, you know, so that that's where the confusion part comes in. But a lot of the red flags is guaranteeing ROI. You know, a lot of times people say, Hey, I want to know how much money that station is going to make me. I mean, we're close. There's programs and AI technology that they're working on to get and pin that down. But if someone says, Hey, I can guarantee you X off of this station and you'll make X, you know, that's, that's a red flag. Um, you know, a lot of free charging. Hey, I'll give you this station for free. You know, it's, it's, you know, I mean, Hey, don't go, don't get me wrong. You know, like I'm not working and this is no disrespect. I'm not working with the best Westerners right now. I'm working with the high end early adopters, the ones that wait at your door for the newest iPhone. They want to get in and learn it. Money's not really an issue. They want the best. ChargePoint is a premium charging brand. They're like the Louis Vuitton and that credibility since they've been around since 2007. You know, they are the 800 pound gorilla. There's more competition coming. Yeah. You know, well, let's, let's, let's pivot to that. Cause that you brought it up. So you guys are involved with ChargePoint. So talk about you personally and Nextstar and connect to EV. Why did, why did you make that choice? Because I mean, yeah. Okay. So you say it's the Louis Vuitton. So you know, it's a nice bag, but, but talks, give us, give us some specifics, give sure. us some of the, the, the vernacular of, of why you guys chose, chose them. Yeah. So, well, one is because of one of my mentors and dear friends, uh, Dave Schlang, who's one of my current business partners. Uh, he oversaw the business channel for Sprint, worked together for several years in the partner channel space, knew the partner channel very well. Um, when we decided to pivot, he was one of the first guys I called flew out to Minnesota. He kind of told me his vision and said charge point. And I was like, what the heck is charge point? And never heard of it. And wasn't even thinking EV. Uh, law of timing, this was the end of 2021. We jumped right into charge point in January and um, gas prices spiked. The Super Bowl commercials all started having every single ad was a EV. And, you know, we took the ground running and said, charge point we told them and said you know we've been in the partner channel space for 20 something years this is a brand new partner channel space and their goal is to have 95 percent of all their business through the partner channel so we were very successful in building a a great business that uh, my dad did and and over the years and said hey let's take this thing and go be number one partner with charge point as this thing evolves makes sense to me i mean you so it was part of what you had already built there was a trusted advisor, trusted partner that you already were working with. And so they had done the due diligence and mm -hmm. you quickly He had the that. idea. I just helped crack it. You know, yeah. one of the things he's like, oh, we can't get in there too busy. I'm like, yeah, that's a bunch of crack. Give me one week. I'll get us in and I'll make us a partner. So right. from the, so from the Super Bowl ads of 2021 and the, and the high gas prices, here we are sitting uh, toward the tail end, second half of 2023. 
do you want to give us a little prediction of, of where this thing's going and growth in the, in the future? And, and kind of, so, so there was this hit the ground running. Now it's, you're starting to, you, you found a groove. So talk about that groove now where, what, what's next for the EV market? What's next for the charging that ChargePoint is involved in and you guys are, are, are seeing, or is it just, Hey, we're still in the middle of building out this, this starting infrastructure. You know, I, we're definitely still in the very early stages. You know, even our, when we get on calls and we talk, my partners, we just want to be, there's a wave coming. Mm-hmm. We just want to be in front of that wave. And we're learning like crazy. Some people are like, oh, are you in too early? Are you in too early? No, because I'm learning every day. And I would not change one site visit, one phone call with my customers because it's, it's evolving. So to sit there and say, oh, the prediction, I think there's still a long way. I go back to one of the things I see with customers until they f- experience that pain. And that, that pain meaning you have tenants that are complaining. I got people running extension cords out, out their windows trying to charge their Tesla. And that's a liability. So the pain in new development, multifamily is very hot right now in the EV space. Um, and then you have others out there that are, are saying, hey, I want, should I get involved in this? You know, I want, it might be, it might not. I mean, this thing's got too much momentum, in my opinion. You got all the major car manufacturers. I also think that it should not be something that is mandated or pushed. I'm not getting into politics on this or government, but I think that people should be able to choose and decide when they want an EV. I mean, in my opinion, EV is, is fast, it's sexy, and there's some new tech trends, but to get up here and, and try to mandate or, or do whatever, I think that people should gradually be able to adapt. And I think the pain of, you know, there, another example is, I think there's like 1,900 moving parts on a combustion engine vehicle. You know, there's like 29 on an EV. Hmm. You know, so there's, there's pros and cons. As, and, you know, yes, you can save on gas. Yes, you're oh, okay, I don't have to change my oil. I don't have to worry about this. You know, your biggest expense is probably the tires and the battery. And so from that, it's... How this thing continues to evolve will be still be very interesting. I think we're still at the very, very beginning. Um, but until that pain and, and as it continues to move on and how we can help provide a solution for that pain, that's what we're trying to accomplish. Matt Mock with us. Matt, what is um, – you want to grow – but if you grow too fast, you may spread yourself thin. So is there kind of a pace that you need to be at to say, look, we're going to take care of our customers first and not expand to the point where we're already looking down the road and we don't take care of things that are right in front of us. And we'll build from there. Uh, talk about that little dynamic of, of how, to, uh, how to forecast correctly. You still want to grow. You want to be all over the country, I would imagine, mm-hmm. or worldwide. But you got to do it one step at a time. Yeah, you know, it's one of the things that we saw is is coming out the the sales cycles on these things were something I'd never seen before. Now, it was also the amount of activity, you know, I've been in sales for 20 something years was insane. I mean, I've never been in more meetings, more conversations that everyone it's like you said at the very beginning, it's a buzzword. Um, we've had to really peel back and learn because when we started out, we treated everyone the same and we we wanted to get everyone and, and take care of everyone, but we've actually had to turn away business with, and I've never had to do that. And what I mean by that is you're not a charge point customer or you're not, this is not going to be a fit for what you're trying to do. You got $80,000 worth of infrastructure and that's, how do you put a, a ROI around, Oh, I'm going to go build this out and then wait five years for me to really see mainstream. 
Does that make sense? So mm -hmm. I think what we've really done is who are our top customers, which one of the ones we see right now is multifamily and new development, new construction. Um, what, what, are the, what are the ones out there experiencing the most pain? Who are the early adopters? Who are the ones that say, hey, I want to get in on this? You know, like I'm working with, uh, there's a couple of gas station owners, believe it or not, and they're the most confident right now or the most unsure. And so from there, it's, it's one of those things. The same people are the most confident? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or, or there's a spectrum of the owners you're working with. Some are incredibly confident and some are incredibly unsure. Yeah, well, they're, they're, I get <laughs> A little bit saying. of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so from that, it's, it's watching how, how they're going to play into it as well. But this one guy, you know, had hundreds of gas stations across the United States. And I was like, look, man, if you got the money and you got the dough, this is a time for you to get in and learn the business. Don't go buy 10. No, I'm not selling 15 chargers. I'm doing four here, two here, six here, 11 here. But I said, get in and learn it. This is a time for you to learn it. See what your customer does. You don't know what's going to happen. And then guess what? Once someone puts up, up across the street, what happens? Oh, maybe I should do this. Right. Look, there's other ones coming up. And so I think that's where we're at is that and once, the, once they see more chargers coming up, you know, the, that's where the buzz is going to continue to happen. Right. So that that a lot of times my recommendation is learn that learn it see what the consumer does you know charge point it, they're in the software business they're not in the hardware hardware that's what i love about it and especially when you're shopping ev make sure you as a commercial uh, purchase make sure you look at that software play around with it it's phenomenal the amount of reporting you can get the dashboard that you get i can see dwell time i can see uh, what type of cars what who's using my stations uh, how long, what's my kilowatt usage. There's all sorts of things in that software that are gonna be coming down the road people have not seen yet. Great example, our number one thing we say is avoid the rip and replace. Mm. Because we've seen so many projects where they go a cheap charger, we were coming in and having to replace it. No one has run into the power management fully yet and we've provided that solution with, since they have a LTE chip, they have a Verizon uh, AT&T T-Mobile chip, so it's like your, a smartphone. That pushes software updates as new vehicles come out. That also allows people to, to monitor that power. What happens when all seven of my chargers are being used at once? If I don't have power management and I'm not able to distribute that power accordingly, all my breakers are going to start flipping. So, You know, one of the things I love is, and you kind of mentioned it at one point, you're like, hey, I don't want to make any political comments. Um, this, is an, this is an issue that has become political. It's become, it's, a, it's an issue of, of, I think it's an issue that people make very, very blanket statements in, in this industry that you can't. I mean, oh, everybody's going to be driving EV in, inside of 10 years. Well, mm -hmm. EV's going to go the way of the dodo inside of 10 years. I, I think neither of those are true. And, and, the, and, and what I love is you and, and Connecta EV and your business – you're like, hey, I'm just here to do the work. I'm just here to help. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make it work for those who want to make it work the way they want to make it work because it is the multifamily properties. It is the gas station owners who are like, am I going to have to, I'm already here. I got the, I'm part of the infrastructure. Are we going to have to include this in the existing infrastructure? It would make sense rather than I'm going to hang on to, you know, fossil fuels and, and all my, insert gas station name here, go out of business. So we're all trying to figure out, is it going to be one or the other or both and, or it, it eventually is all EV, but it's going to take 75 years and not 10 years, you know? So I, I think that's, and, and so I say all that 
to just get out of your way as someone who's on the ground and who's someone who's involved in it every day. Uh, am I way off base? Is and and is that what the way you see yourself? Look, that's why I don't want to get political because I'm just here to do a job. Yeah, you know, I I look at and I can't remember where I read this, but every ten to thirteen years, there is a tech a major mm-hmm. tech shift. Mm-hmm. And if you wind the clocks back and study this, 80s, it was the computer. Mm-hmm. They all started being thrown on desks and in offices. Wind the clocks, 10, 13 years, 94, you get the internet. Windows 95, y'all remember? Mm-hmm. 10, 13 years later, what? Smartphone, Apple launches, early 2000s. 2014 was what? Social media, Twitter. Instagram. That, that changed the whole platform social media did. And so now what? That was 2014. We're in 2024. Coming around the corner. It's only been nine years. You're telling me. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, there's a lot of AI out there. I don't get down that. But, no, but, you're, but you're, if you think, you're right. if you think about it, it's in, and so we're right at that kind of pivot. So I think that I don't think it's going to take 75 years. I think right. this thing's moving very quickly. We're still early, like I said, but I go back to the point of, you know, where you have pain, I'm trying to help out. That's our, that's what we want to do as a, as a business model and, and help you make sure that you're electrified ready and, I, like I said, I, I think EVs are, are fast, cool, and sexy, and, and that's, a, that's a thing we want to help out and provide. Real quick, uh, who are you looking for if you're hiring? You're growing. What type of people are you looking for that uh, have a background in X, Y, or Z that would make it easy for them to partner up with you? Sure. So we we got some of the best of the best in our 11 different markets right now. We have two former vice presidents of Sprint uh, that are on the ground with us. Uh, we got... California is one of our markets, Florida. And if I look back at those, they've all been in wireless, believe it or not, a long time in tech. Uh, and I would say also we have a great team of electrical contractors that help do our installs. And I would say anybody that's uh, with an electric background, definitely uh, sales background, uh, especially charging. There's a lot There's a lot of people in these uh, charge point in these other companies that are doing the same. They're trying to learn. And I'm watching a lot of them move. So like these, these, I'll see people go from one charging company to the other. Then all of a sudden they're working at another charging company six months later. Then this one's working at this charging company. So they're all kind of bouncing around. They want to stay in the business, but they're not right. hooked it, in. It reminds me though, over the years in wireless, a lot of these guys would go from Sprint to Verizon, Verizon to AT&T, AT&T back to Sprint. Right. You know, they all stayed in their little wheelhouse. So I, I would think that as we continue to grow and we have our cash flow very positive, that we could say, hey, look, Let's look for some of these guys that are passionate about it. They've, they've learned through the thickness of it, and, and they, they have the experience of how to talk to talk. Because I started, I didn't know anything about EV charging. I just got in the ground and said, Let me, let's go to work. And, and, and every site visit, you know, by, not to get drawn out, but by other business partner would, would crack me over the head sometimes. He's like, man, you're doing you're going on all these site watch. You're doing all this. I'm like, dude, every single one I learn because I'm, I'm asking questions to the customers. What do you know? What do you don't know? What are you trying to accomplish? Tell me what you know about EV. And then I'm seeing every site is different and every project is different. And it excites me because I know that I'm learning and getting stronger every day. And our team is getting stronger. We're getting better. And as the market continues to grow, you know, we'll be that forefront with hopefully the number one charging company still charge point as it continues to grow for anybody who says that uh the days of the wild west are long gone i mean it, pioneering doing new things we, we've had two guests here 
you know, Netherworld always trying to reinvent itself, always trying to evolve. And here, you know, Matt Mock, a connected EV. I love how you said all these people who are in wireless, oh, wireless is dying. It's a dying industry. Great. We'll just move over here. We, mm -hmm. Our skills can be used elsewhere and I'll, and you'll constantly learn and evolve with the industry. Uh, Matt Mock with uh, connected EV and Nexstar Technologies. For those people who want to get a hold of you, for those people who uh, you guys don't do residential, but are in the commercial space, in, in the large spaces and, and multifamily spaces, how do they get a hold of you? How, how do people contact you? Sure. So our website is connectedev.com, and then you can also contact us on Spell that, because I, I, it's a little unique. Yep. Go ahead. So it's K as in kite, O-N-E-C-T-A-E-V.com. Mm -hmm. uh, LinkedIn is also a good page. We always try to post our projects and our completed projects. So if you want to see a list of our recently completed projects, as well as we, I try to put up photographs and not to, again, I'm dragging out, but I think one of the things that's important, sometimes people are afraid to post or share what they're doing, especially something so early. I get so many phone calls out of the woodworks from people I hadn't talked to in a while. They're like, hey, man, what are you doing? You know, Tell me about this. Or they just want to get information and, hey, da, 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 how do you do this? And I share it because, you know, the good ones, they, they're not worried about it. Right. And I, I think that sharing what, what we're going through and these projects, you know, like one of my very first ones I posted, uh, it wasn't perfect, you know, and we learned through it, but I got so many comments, oh, this is wrong, you should be doing this, da da da, da. and I was like, well, you know what, hey, look, we're learning, it's not, we're not we're perfect, we're getting better every day, but. We fixed it, yeah, yeah. we fixed it, yeah. we took so care of it. So that right. and Facebook, uh, you know, I'm on Facebook, Matt Mock, M-A-T-T-M-O-E-C-K, uh, cell 678-300-6911. Fantastic. And so, uh, and one thing they will, they'll, they'll do your project, but they won't guarantee, they can't guarantee ROI and they're not going to do it for free. That's they, right. That, those are, those are the two taglines I picked yep, up, but yep. they'll do a damn good and, job. And the revenue so. share, uh, we have an ROI model just also, if we re, if you ever reach out on our website, uh, gives you a good idea where you can plug in your average number of cars per day, what your kilowatt charge is. If you charge a dollar 50 an hour, ChargePoint pays out 90% of the revenue to the station owners. That's a very important fact. Uh, so if you decide to do the revenue share model, you can charge by kilowatt or you can capitalize and have a good projection on what your monthly, uh, quarterly, or annually revenue would be. This, this interview is changing as quickly as EV is changing all the time. I love it. Matt. I'm in a classroom. I'm expecting the pop quiz here at any moment because <laughs> I'm learning new stuff every minute. Matt Mogg with Connect to EV and Nexstar Technologies and also uh, Ben Armstrong with Netherworld Haunted House. Thank you guys both for yes, being sir. here. Thanks so much. Well, we want to thank our guests for being here as well as our Featured sponsor here, Subaru of Gwinnett here at Gas South District. Subaru of Gwinnett, they're located at 2950 Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. You can visit their sales department by calling 470-824-3860. There's no um, uh, cicada bugs. I'm not hearing any grasshoppers or locusts either, so I know this is, this is from out of state. The Imprezas, the Legacies, the Foresters, the 2024s, they are available they are on the lot, so if you would like to visit SubaruofGwinnett.com and join their family today, you can do so, or you can come on into their store, as I mentioned, in Duluth, and see the difference. You can check out their Facebook page for the latest news offers and community events at Subaru of Gwinnett. You know, Harper, I know you've, you've told a couple stories, and, and you played for Jerry Glanville, so Mike trying to throw you a little curveball there of some spooky music. You, you handled it like Jerry used to say, are you scared? <laughs> He'd have a different word for it. We got to go out and take these guys on. Are you scared? I love it. Well, you handled that like a champ. 
Yeah. So, so well, thank you for doing that. I didn't notice it as soon as you did because I was too busy, you know, talking about I our good partners or, there at Subaru. Well, Gwinnett. I may or may not have suggested have you have to Mike to, yeah. that, that he did do that because yeah. I thought, hey, there's you know, EV can be scary. It's a it's a scary new industry, and so I, I thought it would. Well, nothing's fit. as scary as having me here in the studio because you never know what you're going to get out of that. <laughs> exactly. But I'm glad I'm uh, better than a zombie in some cases. You are Just much some. better than a zombie, and now the cool part is we're. I wonder if Mike is scared because as he hates that we just continue the show said, and have fun and wrap keep talking. It up. And so he is playing the music out, I think. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's he's getting me scared. So we wanna again, one more time, thank our guest Matt Mock and also Ben Armstrong. And for my co-host, Harper LaBelle, and for the producer and he who runs the studio and he who must be obeyed, Mike Salmon, I am your slightly annoying host, Stephen Julian, saying we will catch you next time on Gwinnett Business Radio.